Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. I want to speak to you, thank you family, uh, for a couple of minutes for, uh, from the Word of God. But before I get there, just keep it there. When I walked into the building, I heard the following sound. This is what I heard. I heard the sound of a door that slams. Just like that. And I want you to hear. When I walked in, I heard in the spirit a door shutting. Just like that. Not a door opening. A door closing, but, but slammed. I was standing the whole night and in, in, on the worship and praising. Like, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? And, and, and God said to me this. He says, I'm going to shut doors because the next level that you are going into, some things can't go with you. And so I want you to hear, there are some addictions that's not going with you to your next level. There are some people that can't go, you, go with you to the next level. God is shutting the doors because you are about to enter into a new dimension. That's what the Holy Ghost told me. He says, my people are going to enter into a new dimension. And in that dimension, I will protect them. And I'm going to shut some doors. And here's the thing of what I saw in the spirit. That door doesn't have a knob. In other words, that thing you cannot open. If God opens a door, He opens a door. If God shuts a door, He slams that door. Listen, it's not going to get to you. That's what I hear. The Spirit of God says, those things are not going to get to you. Those problems are not going to get to me. They are on that side of the door. I'm on this side and I can't get access to that anymore. I'm here to tell you, no more access to the devil, to people who is holding you back to fulfill your call and your destiny. I don't know who they are, but they are not going to be no longer in your life. We slam the door on the face of the enemy. Come on. For long enough, he slammed doors in your face. Can you do this with me? One, two, three. Come on. Come on. We're going to stir this thing tonight. I will not tell you something by accident. When I walked on this stage, I heard... And I said, God says, I'm slamming the doors. I'm shutting the doors because my people are going to another level. And in that level, they're going to operate in the supernatural dimension. They're going to operate in the glory of God. The people that came against you, that door is now people that gossiped about you and thought you're going to die. They will gossip no more because God is shutting that it can't get to me come on say discouragement can't get to me I don't know about you but I'm speaking to just a few people discouragement can't get to me anymore because that door is depression can't get to me guess what poverty can't get to me 
poverty, I'm telling you tonight. That door is now slammed in your face and you cannot have access into my life anymore. Come on, if you believe for a financial breakthrough, you better shout, jump on that stair, run around the building or something. Yay! Pow, pow, pow. Tell the guy next to you, it can't get to me. Tell him you can't get to me. I had to learn to get some backbone in ministry. Can't get to me. Religion can't get to us anymore. Cancer, diseases, infirmities. Come on out backslidden young people is not gonna they oh no 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 we slamming the door on dead religion on seeker sensitive come on we digging up the wells tonight and we shut the door hallelujah take your seats more lack no more lack no more poverty listen no more contracts that's not coming through no more stuff man everything in life has a process process everything everything is in a process out he breathes in the process of life is just a process of exchange that's all it is you came into this room to leave the room you start your car to switch it off you close your eyes just to open them again. you give money to receive you put on shoes just to take them off. Everything in life is a process. Once you're through the process of life, through the process of the pain and the troubles and stuff, then God starts dealing with us in miraculous ways. On the 17th of April, 1972, there was a young man born in Pretoria. 47 years ago, born in a Catholic hospital. And they call that young man Nicolas Johannes van der Westes. Born to die. Born to live. 13 years later, he died. in a red and blue tent 
in Shamdor. No padded pews, no air conditioning, no lights. Just a rough place with steel benches. Hot day. But the power of God was evident. In that day, that guy that was born on the 17th died. Everything in life is a process. And the process is so powerful. We started a church. Small church, eh? Where you came in, that was the church. Where we started. We could see that section and that section, that's it. That's how many people could fit in that building. And we struggled there. But we started the process. The process. Some left, some came. Some stick it out. Some couldn't climb the, the, the thing with us. You must understand this. The higher you climb, this is free, what I'm saying to you. The higher you climb, the thinner the air gets. Not everybody can handle high levels. No padded chairs. I gave my life to the Lord. And my life began in an incredible journey with God. Parents, we, we don't teach our children how to lie, right? We don't take them and say, okay, now we want to teach you how to lie. This is how you lie. Right? We don't do that. Because it's our nature. Why must I teach people to lift their hands? Why must I teach you to give? Why must I teach you to say amen? Why must I teach you to come to church? That's your nature. It should be natural just to do the thing. It should not be unnatural or it should be unnatural when you don't lift your hands, when you don't clap, when you don't give. Nobody ever had to tell me to give. Nobody will tell me ever to give because it's my nature to give. It's my nature to be in the house of God. It's my nature to love God. And, and because I'm saying that is because I think a lot of people are not born again. If you are born again, your nature change. Culture change. Things change. Getting quiet in this loud church. God did not save us to go to church. He saved us to be a new creation. In our soul, in our spirit, in our minds. And the problem with the, bottom, with the modern church is that we are going to church, but we are not saved. Thanks, son. Let me preach a little bit here. Let me, I, I've, I told him I'm going to come with some powerful stuff here tonight. Uh... I think people get saved, or no, people go to church but not saved. Of all the problems I had to sort out in church was 
Christians offended. That guy barked on my parking. Pastor Nikki was too loud. Pastor Nikki to preach just for me. Da, 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 da. Really? We still there? You're not saved to go to church. You're saved to be a new creation. If I see how men of God steal money from offerings. Lying upon one another. Gossiping from the morning till the evening about one another. Then my question is, I wonder if this thing is really saved. I'm talking about my people. My, my fellow brothers and sisters that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I sometimes wonder if we are truly saved. Or are we just doing this as a job? Because they go and study at the universities to become a pastor. As a job, as a career. This is not a call for some people. It's not a call. It's just a career. I'm done with you. Bye. Doing something else with my life. And, and backslidden in everything they do. And remember from this morning till tonight, I am stirring up. The wells of revival again. That's why I'm preaching to you. Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 26. That Isaac started digging up the wells of his father. And he started actually digging up the wells by himself. He started actually digging two wells for himself. And the Bible says there was no water in it. Until he started digging up the wells of his father's. When he got to the foundations of the father's. And digged up their foundations. Digged up their well, his well started flowing. We cannot exclude the foundations of what we are built upon. How, how do we build church without Jesus? I, I'm trying to figure that thing out. You can meet the Holy Ghost somewhere on a, on a Wednesday morning. You know, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come and meet us. Um, in the back room, we'll have some coffee for you, and then the Holy Ghost will be there for you. What is up with this? I'm speaking as a remnant. I'm not, you understand? I'm speaking as a remnant apostle here to tell you there's something wrong, and the church must come back in line, and we have to dig up the wells of the fathers of old and say, God, restore unto us a new well. Just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We want the wells of our fathers to be digged up again. A well, listen, can do two things. It can give you life. But it can also come to the place where it will not sustain you in life. If there's no water. If we read the Bible, it gives us a clear example that it, at every well something happened. Hagar and Ishmael was at the well and God delivered them there from death. Jacob's well, we all know that. Where Jesus offered the Samaritan woman the living waters, the waters of life. We see that the well um, at the pool of Bethesda was a, a well. That when the angels started stirring that waters, the miracle started happening at the well. Are you a well of living waters? What is your well consisting of? And we must dig again the wells of the supernatural. Of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle John. We have to go through the centuries. John Wesley's. The Martin Luther's. 
the Smith Wigglesworth. We're going to have to dig up some wells there. It's amazing that when I speak to generations, I can tell them this. Hey, you must, you must just go and study a little bit the revivals. And they've got no clue, no clue, no clue what the foundations are. Who's Smith Wigglesworth? Who's T.L. Osborne? Who's Evan Roberts? Who's the Jeffrey brothers? And if we don't know where we come from, how can we dig the wells? So I'm helping the church just a little bit here on this Sunday before we enter into that arena to dig up some wells of the miraculous. Let me read you one or two things. And I'm reading this from the book called Face to Face of Bill Johnson. And I hope this stirred a little bit of a hunger in you to uh, just go and study the revivals. Evan Roberts was the spark plug, they called him, of the great Welsh revival, 1904 to 1906. And in 1905, they wrote an article and they said this about him. For a long time, I was much troubled in my soul and in my heart by thinking over the failure of Christianity. But night after night, I had been in great distress praying about this. I went to sleep and at 1 a.m. in the morning, suddenly I was awakened and found myself with unspeakable joy and awe in the very presence of the Almighty God. And for the space of four hours, four hours, Four hours, from one o'clock till four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock, excuse me, he says here, I had the privilege to speak to him face to face as a man speaks with a friend. At five, at five a.m., it seemed to me as if I again returned to the earth. And it was not only that morning, but every morning for three to four months. Hello? Three to four months. I felt it and, I, and it seemed to change all my nature. And I saw things in a different light. And I knew that God was going to work in the land. And not in this land only, but around the world. John G. Lake had an encounter with God. I'm not going to read it now. But John G. Lake came to South Africa. Let me see you quickly. I can pick this one up for you. Uh, John G. Lake. After pastoring a church for a short time in Indian Hapolis Lake, he moved his family to South Africa in 1908, where where in a period of five years, he planted 625 churches. Raised 1,250 pastors and saw 1 million, peop- 1 million people converted to Christ. The space was so intense, however, that his wife died because of this intense thing. 1913, they returned back to the United States with the children. But if you are from the AFM, you will know that that's your founder. And that you'll understand that he birthed a mighty move of the Holy Spirit in this nation. I think if John G. Lake has to come back now, he'll get a fright. He will ask one question. Where's the Holy Ghost in this whole thing? Because he was started with that. And that's where we come from is that movements started, then they become monuments. Because they removed the Holy Ghost from this whole thing. 
Then we have Charles Finney. We have, uh, I want to read you this quickly. Smith Wigglesworth, we all know about him. Let me read you T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne had gone to India without any of the successes he expected. His whole crusade and ministry became a failure. He told his wife that if he could see Jesus, his life would be changed. The next morning at 6 o'clock, I was awakened by a vision of Jesus Christ as he came into the room. I looked upon him. I saw him like I see anyone. No tongue can tell of his splendor and beauty. No language can express the magnificence and the power of him, of his person. Of all I had heard and read about him, the half had never been told to me. His hands were beautiful. They seemed to vibrate with creative ability. His eyes were streams of love pouring forth into my innermost being. When I came out of that room, I was a new man. Jesus had become the master of my life. I knew the truth. He is alive. He is more uh, than a dead religion. My life was changed. I would never be the same again. All traditional values began to fade away. And I felt impressed daily by a new and increasing sense of reverence and fear to the Lord. Everything was different. I wanted to please Him. That is all that has mattered since that unforgettable morning. Hallelujah. Listen what he writes. Hmm. He says, we saw deaf, deaf mutes by the hundreds perfectly restored. We see great numbers of blind eyes opening. I want to read you this. In a single meeting we have had that we've conducted as many as 125 deaf and mute people. 125 deaf and mute started hearing and speaking. 90 totally blind eyes were opened. We saw miraculous deliverances. Hallelujah. And 50,000 people saved in one service. I've just read you one or two of the, of the great revivalists. And you guess what? Some of you don't even know them because the wells are blocked up. Oh, praise the year. Hallelujah. One guy is seeing. Do you know there's a well where in one service 90 people's eyes were opened? Do you know that in, 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 in uh, uh, A.A. Allen's meeting, the, the whole tent, 3,000 people in that tent, everybody that was, that was sick got healed. The next morning when they got there, there were over 200 wheelchairs. Nobody prayed for them. The glory of God came. Everybody went home. The next morning when the cleaners came, they picked up 200 wheelchairs. Nobody knows about it because we don't preach about this. The, block, the, the, the wells of the supernatural is blocked up. I'm here to tell you today, I'm on a mission today. I offended maybe people, but not on purpose. But I'm just telling you, every religious spirit is going to get mad. Because I'm telling you tonight, we're going to unblock this thing again. And you will see the true and the living God manifested again with signs and wonders and miracles. And the fire of the Holy Ghost shall fall again in the cities of, of South Africa, of the world. Come on, how many of you believe that with me? I remember a fire that fell on my dad's tent. I've got the photo of that. Where a cloud appears on the tent. And, and, and then, the, then they said this. There's a fire on the tent. 
People ran out, they saw the fire, but it wasn't the fire that burned the tent. It was the fire of the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but that fire should come back in the house of the Lord. Shall burn again on the, on the rooftops of churches. Come on, we need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I say we need a visible, visible outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Catherine Kuhlman would walk through a restaurant and they tell us that as she walks in the restaurant, she goes through the restaurant, the waiter starts falling. As she touched to get on the platform, everybody that touched that handrail after her just start falling under the power of the Holy Ghost. They tell us that when she checked into the hotel, the hotel's atmosphere started changing. She would always stay on the top floor because she would saturate that whole place. Church, let me tell you something. We need to dig up the well of the miraculous. God is going to use people just like you and me to bring a move of the Holy Ghost again to this nation. South Africa shall not go under. South Africa shall not be handed over to the seeker-sensitive move. It shall not be handed over to a lukewarm body of Christ. But there is a remnant coming together that says, Unblock the wells. Dig it again, O oh God. Come on, how many of you are hungry for an encounter with God? So we must make a decision. A decision to become the remnant of God again. And then from a decision, we must get our confessions right. And from the confession, we need to be converted. And then we'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. So maybe you don't understand what I'm saying. How many of you have ever been to McDonald's? Two people? Okay. The big M, the yellow arches. This is how it works. Decision is very powerful. If you wake up in the morning, you have a decision to make. I'm going to drive through the yellow arches. And I'm going to get a coffee with a McMuffin. Right? And flapjacks is my decision. Or I can have a healthy breakfast. The decision is yours. Whatever. Everything in life is about a decision we make. So the decision is made. Whatever you do, it's your decision. But a decision doesn't affect me. Or fill me up, excuse me. It doesn't fill me up. It just takes me in a direction. When I drive up to that yellow arches, I've made a decision to get there. When I get to that yellow arches, the second thing that happens is I have to go to a window. Drive up to a window, and then I do my confession. <laughs> I want a McFlurry or a Big Mac, apple pie. Coke, whatever you want. You do the confession, but you're still not filled. You see, that's where a lot of people are. I accepted Jesus. I made a decision to follow Jesus. I've decided. Yeah, that's all. I've also decided to go to McDonald's, but I'm not filled yet. I'm not, I don't have nothing in me. 
So we go to, to church. I'm deciding to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. And you still, the devil beats you up from the morning till the night. You pray, nothing happens. Give, nothing happens. Because you've just made a decision. Then I, I go to the confession and I want my Big Mac and I want my stuff and I order that. But there's a third window. It's called the pay. I have to now convert my currency for getting something. So you can decide to be the remnant. That's not going to mean anything. You can confess, I'm the remnant. You're going to have to do a conversion. The conversion is I now place my money there to get my product. In this movement, you're going to do some conversions. You cannot be a religious person in this move of the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to make a conversion. You cannot just be a stagnant Christian. You're going to have to be a converted child of the living God. That when they believe things happen, when they move, when they pray, stuff happens, man. We are converted into the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm not saved to come to church. I am saved as a new creature and making impact in this life. And then I get to the fourth window and I pick up my stuff and I go. So you can decide to follow Jesus. That doesn't mean you're going to, to heaven. Just because you come to church, just because you work here, staff, doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Some of the staff are backslidden, all this stuff. Listen, you're not going to heaven. Let me tell you, you're going to go for eternity into a place where demons will torment you. Let me tell you this. If you should die and you work for the church, and you were a Christian. Do you realize that your punishment in hell is bigger than anybody else? So you better just stick it out on this earth, man. Serve the Lord. You said yes to the ministry. Now pay the price for the ministry. Do the work of the ministry. Stick it out. Because we need to understand that we are now converted. I've paid for it. I've got a sacrifice in the ground. Sacrifice of time. Sacrifice of prayer. Sacrifice of the anointing. Somewhere I must get a breakthrough in my life. Romans chapter 12. Let me close this notes. Let me just flow a little bit with you. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. I think the church has been conned. Been lied to. We need to get the truth out there. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable to God with your reasonable service. Verse 2. Read this with me. One, two, three. And stop, 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 stop. If I say stop, you stop. Let's start again. One, two, three. Stop. Do not be con. No. Don't be con. Yeah. Paul is writing to the church here. He's not writing to sinners. He says, hey, don't be conned. Don't be conformed to this worldly system. You're going to have to transform this thing of yours. 
but church shouldn't look like this. People ask me, listen, they said to me, why should I go to church? Nowhere in the Bible does it say church should start at 10 o'clock. They tell me stories like that. I'm not coming to church because nowhere in the Bible does it say I have to go to church at 10 o'clock. So I told them, well, nowhere in the Bible does it say you must start at 8 o'clock your work and finish at 5. So don't come with this nonsense. You're just backsliding. You just want to, don't want to serve the Lord. Where does it say we must sing two songs and three songs and offering? Where does it say you must have lunchtime? I need to rather finish this message. Put on William Booth for me, please. Let me preach from this, a little bit from this um, man. <laughs> William Booth, for those of you who don't know him, he's the founder of the Salvation Army. He, this man, in the first 20 years of the, of the movement, Salvation Army movement, they had more people saved than any other movement in the world. In 20 years. Look what he wrote. The chief danger of the 20th century will be. Now we are already in the 21st century. The chief danger of the 20th century will be. Listen to this. Religion without the Holy Spirit. Hey. You know the Salvation Army is giving clothes and food. That's all how you know them. They are the most, were the most powerful movement. On souls. And this man wrote, he says, this movement or the world, the 20th century world, they're going to have a problem. Religion without the Holy Spirit. If you want to write it down and get some tweets on your page, write the following down. Revival is not to get the, to get the world saved. Revival is to get the church saved. Religion without the Holy Spirit. My goodness. Religion without the Holy Ghost. Isn't that true? Religion without the Holy Ghost. Church without the Holy Spirit. Just don't go. I'm bringing my backslidden arm to church. You can't hear you pray. Just don't pray for the people. I hope Pastor Nicky doesn't pray for the people tonight because they're going to fall under the power of God. What will my friends think? I hope Santi doesn't stand up and laugh in the Holy Ghost again here tonight. Please let Pastor Aggie just not shake. Oh God, help us here tonight. Just let the Holy Ghost not show up tonight. Please don't shake. Please don't shake, Nicole. Please, Pastor. Please, Mavis, just don't fall on the ground. Come on, everybody, just, have, just please, please just have religion without any manifestations of the Holy Ghost. But I'm here to tell you, we will preach the gospel of Jesus. I'll stir the atmosphere. We will get the joy of the Lord back. We're digging up the wells again of the miraculous, of the supernatural.
I like James Bond movies. Because I want that thing shaken, not stirred. But I say, let us shake the thing up. Shake a little bit. Remember the old church, they used to shake a little bit. Shake the legs. Come on, we need to shake a little bit. Just like Unisha shakes sometimes under the power of God. Stir a little bit the anointing of God. Come on, the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost in power. And the Holy Ghost that lives in me, moves in me and have His way. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Shout, shout hallelujah. There's some TV stations that says, Christian TV station. Please don't speak about the Holy Ghost. You're watching some of their channels. You support some of them. Let me tell you what's happening. Just don't say the name of Jesus. Don't say platform. Say stage. Don't say sanctuary. Say auditorium. Get your language right for TV. This is not a stage. This is where holy man of God stands and preach the gospel of Jesus. Kids. That's why you must keep your kids in, 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 in order, man. Don't let them run up and down and break everything. You keep them because this is the place where the holy word of God is being preached where we see the glory of God this is not a stage to perform this is where we preach the gospel from a platform this is the sanctuary of God this is where we meet God please don't sing in tongues please don't Belief, as a belief, no devils must manifest. There's some TV stations says, please don't show any deliverance on television. You're offending the people when they watch. Don't speak in tongues because everybody doesn't know what you say. Decisions. <sighs> Let me rather close with this. I'm, I need to go and have my peanut butter. Peter, Jesus looked at Peter and he said to him, or Simon, he says, Simon, from now on you'll called, be called Peter. Because upon you I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. And then 13 chapters later, something interesting happens. Jesus changed his name from Simon to Peter. Let's pick up the story in Luke chapter, I don't know, put it up. I tore off my page here. What is it? Come on media team. Luke chapter 22 verse 31. Let's just read verse 3 first. I think I gave you verse 3. Hope. Yeah. Then Satan entered Judas. Surnamed Iscariot was numbered amongst the twelve. 
Don't think because you come to church and you are a son in the house and a daughter in the house and you are a leader in the house. You are an intercessor that Satan cannot enter your heart. Enters your heart. Verse 30, what is it? 31, 21, 31. And the Lord said to Simon, I thought his name is changed. Isn't he Peter? Simon? Simon, indeed. So I'm not calling you what you you were supposed to be. Peter, man of God, apostle. Now I'm calling you of what you were before you got this. Simon, Simon. Indeed, Satan has asked for you. That he may sift you as wheat. Now here's the revelation. Jesus didn't say, I rebuke you, Satan. He said, go. Have fun with him. (laughs) Satan, while you have fun with him, I'm going to pray. He says, Simon, Satan has asked me to sift you like wheat. But while that happens, let me just tell you, I'm going to pray for you. (laughs) I would have liked a different answer. I would have liked to say, or to hear, come on Jesus man, hey, can't you just rebuke him, kick him out like you did in Genesis 1 man, then we sort out the problem, then there's no problem, he could have taken care of that, how many of you are going through some challenges, I just want to see you, okay, you see, and I know why you're going, because you're the remnant. The remnant must survive something. The devil is sifting you. Shh. Shh. Take your health. God, take me. I'm going to die. I'll pray for you, okay? God, help me. My finances, it's falling apart. Devil is sifting us. Okay, I'm praying for you. (laughs) But I pray for you that your faith shall not fail. Now, look at this when you return to me, because you don't want to learn any other way. Get you right here. You're going to come back to me to strengthen your brethren. Through your testimony. Some of us went through hell, man. But we survived it. Came back. We are the remnant that are gathering together. So, he says, God, come on, help me out here, man. Jesus said, no, no, no. I'm going to pray for you because you need to come back. I can pray for you. Nikki van der Westhuizen can pray for you. Maldonado can pray for you. Reinhard Bonker can pray for you. But when Jesus prays at the right hand of the Father, 
Do you know that that's the only ministry that still exists in heaven? He's not the apostle in heaven. He's not the high priest in heaven. He's not the pastor in heaven. He's not the shepherd. He's the intercessor praying for you right now. Listen, when they told me you're not going to make it, they told me you're not going to make it ever in your life. You will never make it. You will never amount to anything. You will never have a church that will grow. You are the worst. They told you the worst leader. You're the worst pastor. While they were all saying that, Jesus was going, Don't give up, Nikki. They told me, you need to shut down everything. There's no, there's no money. Money, we're going to be bankrupt. I said, no, no, no. I can't phone my spiritual father to pray with me. He's going to pray with me. And I, I know I can ask anybody to pray for me. But I know there's someone. Father, I pray for Nikki now. He's going through a financial crisis. And all of a sudden, I, I started seeing a miracle happening. Year a thousand, then a ten thousand, then a hundred thousand, then a million, then a building, then cars, then houses, then an arena that sold out. Listen, let me tell you something here tonight. It doesn't matter what you're going through, what people are saying about you, as long as you have the intercessor some of you are facing challenges tonight I may not pray for you but Jesus is interceding yeah, the devil is sifting you he's tormenting you he's challenging you but let me tell you Jesus is praying for you tonight Not bring me that chair a little bit. You're in the light. You cannot stay poor. If you have a God, an intercessor that prays for your finances, how in the world? Just those of you who have an ear, let them hear. I'm giving you one of the greatest pearls of my life. I don't look at people for money because I have somebody praying for me. I don't look for intercessors to pray with me for my money and for the church's money. Because here's the thing, I've got an intercessor. How in the world can you stay poor while Jesus is praying? Angels, go and get the harvest. Ah, go and get the hidden darkness, hidden treasures of darkness. It's locked up there in the well. It's locked up there in the well. It's all blocked up. But there's going to be a guy there tonight by the name of Nikki. When he preaches and he demonstrates, I'm going to unblock the well of prosperity. Heavenly Father, Abba Father, I want you to hear my prayer. I pray for Nikki. I pray for Johan. I pray for Lillian. I pray for Josie. I pray for Livingston. I pray for Nadine. I pray for Brandon. pray for Nicole. I pray for Andrew. I pray for, for Agatha. I pray for, for Krista. I pray for them. Listen, if you don't have that revelation, the devil is going to 
knock you, sift you out. But I want to tell you tonight, I brought life to you. I brought revelation to you that tonight somebody's praying for you there in the back. How can you be sick if you have somebody? I pang you your spirit of sickness. I pang you your spirit of cancer. I rebuke you in the name that is above name. My Abba Father has sent me in the name of my, my name, Jesus Christ. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. That's how Jesus prays, man. I cannot be sick. I will not die before my time. I will not be poor. Why? Because I've got somebody. And when I pray, he hears. Come on, I need a son. Son, go look, go there. Pray. That, that's now. That's Quincy. Quincy, son. Ask the Lord for anything. Ask. This is Jesus praying. Oh, I hear my son praying. It's being established. We thank you, Lord, that you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We declare this atmosphere. And so Jesus starts agreeing, goes back to the throne. He says, Abba, Father, he's praying for a movement that's happening in the arena. Angels go, 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 angels go all over the world, gathering the harvest, bringing the finances, because I want to answer his prayer. When his prayer is answered, then the Bible says, I'm going to answer your prayer so that your joy may be full. I'm telling you, it's impossible that God doesn't answer prayers. He answers prayers. He answers prayers. If he says, give, it shall be given back to you. I don't ever question, I've never questioned God. It can take 10 years, 5 years, 10 minutes, 10 seconds. I don't care. All I know is that His Word is true. And if His Word is yes, then it's yes. If His Word is amen, it's amen. If it's no, it's no. One thing I know is that there's coming a move of the Holy Ghost because He said it. He declared it. That the coming glory shall be greater than the former glory. Arena shall be filled. Come on, stadiums shall be filled. Churches shall be established. The remnant is arising in the name of Jesus. Shout amen if you believe it. I'm, I, I, I want to close and just want to say this quickly. My gosh. Father, I pray that you will just touch my son. Abba, Father, did you hear that? Your son is asking for his son to be touched. Let's answer that prayer because then his joy will be full. It is impossible. 
God not to answer your praise. I don't know if, if, if they, I don't know if I gave you Smith Wigglesworth. Uh, put it up for me. Smith Wigglesworth, look what he said. My God, I feel the presence of him. I feel that there's nothing impossible. I can get more out of God. Look at this, look what he wrote. I can get more out of God by believing Him than by shouting at Him all night. People have asked me, how long do you pray for a miracle? Well, I just ask. I'm not shouting at Him. I used to fast 21 days and suffered. Everything, the birds flew past me. It looks like KFC. Everything looks like. <laughs> suffered to get a financial breakthrough. People fast for financial breakthroughs. Ask. Give. Ask so that your joy may be full. You know how many meals I've missed. Can I give you one more thing and then we're going to go? After 20 years plus in ministry, growing up in church, I want to tell everyone in this house tonight, the seeker-sensitive move, the emerging church, is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus preached two messages. His first message he preached. Paul preached. Peter preached. Smith Wigglesworth preached. I preached. Everybody preached. Is that you must repent and be born again. I'm going to go for this because I'm, I'm the remnant apostle. So I have to come against the spirit that's holding the church, which is the seeker sensitive move. Being relevant is not about clothes. We need to be relevant for the people. So let's change our clothes. We need to be relevant. Listen, your clothes doesn't make you relevant. We need to adapt to the world. No, be transformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be That's why NBCFC is such a powerful church. Because evangelism is our first, first leg. Affirmation, discipling, sending. There's no place not for the Holy Ghost to feel offended. And feel out of its place. And the second message he preached was being filled with the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel chapter, I think 37, speaks about the dry bones. You can have a big church. I've, I've, I've had many churches that said, come and preach in my church. We've got three, 4,000 people, 5,000 people. You don't have people, you have bones. Nothing happens. They have to build programs. 
they have to do everything, time limits, programs, anything to keep the people. Be relevant. Be like the world. No. You must be like the world, they tell. Be like the world. Your church, they said this, NBCFC is not, it's not friendly for the world. people are loud people shout people say there's rach people run with money to the front nobody asks they're just out of order everything is in order I'll rather have this than to have a building with thousands of people with dry bones 10,000 people on a membership base, dry bones, dry. And then the Bible says, and flesh came upon them. You know how much flesh is on the thing? Flesh. Some worship teams. Some, no, no, let's not call, let's not even say worship. Some bands. Play Saturday nights in clubs. They pitch on that holy platform. On a Sunday to do a gig. Drunk, full of drugs, walked out of a bar, five o'clock in the morning. Don't even put new clothes on. Go and play the drums. Go and put stuff, spray a little bit and play in the church, big churches. What has happened here? Dry bones with flesh on it, no spirit. But tonight, I'm not preaching for, for you because you, uh, you're the remnant. I'm telling you where my heart is and what the movement is all about. That the movement must bring order. The movement must bring the, 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 the thing right again. Say, we, we, not, we cannot do this anymore. I am tired of playing church. I, I am tired of seeing green rooms with drunk pastors I'm tired to see drunk or, or, or pastors kids selling drugs in the pastors lounges I'm done with church playing like that we need to have a true authentic move of the Holy Ghost again that says let the fear of God come back let the anointing of God come back let the power of the Holy Ghost come back we are not administrators we are men of God we are women of God we are people of the Holy Ghost that can speak in tongues and then when we pray things starts happening when we bind on this earth things get down in heaven when we pray we get answers come on how many of you believe that with me here tonight I want everyone to stand let me just finish William Booth he was my message let me just might as well just finish what he said. Religion without the Holy Spirit. Christianity without Christ. Forgiveness without repentance. No, I forgive you. Really? I don't I didn't know. Confess your faults. It must be a little bit of dying to yourself. It's not that easy. 
Forgiveness without repentance. Heaven without hell. We preach heaven. Don't touch hell, please. Don't preach about hell. There will be a day, and I'm going to close with this. There will be a day when the decision you've made to serve Christ, to be in ministry, will stand before you. And if we do not repent of our sins, turn from our wicked ways, you will not heal us. And tonight in this place, I want to do the altar call first. Because there are people here, you were born like me on the 17th of April, 1972. But I died again 13 years later. Can you tell me your date when you died? Can you tell me your date? It was the day you died. To say, no longer I did live, but Christ living in me. The hope of glory. If, if, if John the Baptist could be boiled three times on the Isle of Patmos, just because he was writing the book of Revelation, then I'm sure a rain cloud cannot keep us away from the presence of God. It's raining, Pastor. It's very cold tonight. You know, it's, I found a better deal. Come on, what is up with, with this? We must get the church back. And as an apostle, this is my assignment to bring order back into this movement. What is happening on Wednesday night is not a church thing. It's a movement of the Holy Spirit. And in this movement, there will be no compromise. Come on, bring that camera here. In this movement, let me speak to the, to the world out there. This movement of the Holy Spirit is not based upon a church. The movement of the Holy Spirit is not based upon a religion and a denomination and people that have come together with money. This movement is birthed by the Holy Spirit because in the latter days the glory of God shall be poured out and the whole world shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. A global move of the Holy Spirit is coming where arenas will be filled. Listen, stadiums will be filled. There will not be enough churches to accommodate the harvest. You will have no more problems filling your church because there's coming a move of the Holy Ghost. The remnant is coming together and we're going to declare that this movement is birthed of God where the rich come, the poor come, the popular, the unpopular from every background around the world, every denomination coming together. The Catholics, the Dutch Reformed, the AFM, the BBC, the Full Gospel, the Charismatic, all coming together for one thing to say we have enough of of religious Christianity. We want an authentic move of the Holy Spirit with the unadulterated Word of God being preached where we can seek God again just like Moses. Lord, show me your glory and I will not go if your presence doesn't go with me. If that is you, you are part of the remnant to say I am the remnant. I'm carrying forward the power of God. I'm going to be a carrier of the supernatural natural power of God. If that's you, shout a big amen. Shout, I am part of this. Now I want every eye closed in this building. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.